Welcome to the Campus Fellowship Podcast. This is a podcast interview where we seek to highlight for you a resource on our website that we think will be a blessing to your life. My name is Jacob Bennett, and I serve as the Executive Director of Campus Fellowship, which exists to equip local churches in a common mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ on college campuses who worship God and change the world. With us today is Melody Wigdahl. Mel does a lot of the video and media for Campus Fellowship, and she's running the mixer, and she's going to chime in with questions uh, as needed. And with us also today is Trey Newman from Walnut Creek Church in Des Moines, Iowa. Welcome, Trey. Thanks, Jake. Sweet. Well, hey, Trey, before we get into the article you wrote about spiritual conversations and how to engage in them and different questions you can ask, I thought it'd be a good for our listeners to hear a little bit about you and how you got into college ministry. So would you briefly share, like, how did you get into college ministry? What, 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 how did you even get to where you are right now? Yeah. Uh, basically, so back 2017, I graduated high school. I'm from Minnesota originally and came down to school in Des Moines, Iowa to study actuarial science at Drake University. Uh, and early on my freshman year, I got connected with uh, Campus Fellowship, uh, Jake Van Sickle, who is still with Campus Fellowship out in Providence. He, he and some other older guys really discipled me in my freshman year of college and onward, and then uh, ended up really just pretty radically uh, changing through the course of my four years of college. Junior year and senior year, started leading a Bible study, and then uh, uh, towards the end of my senior year, got offered the job to go on staff with Campus Fellowship. And so after a lot of prayer and wrestling, that was the decision I ended up making, and now here I am year and a half later two years later and uh i'm really glad that really glad that i'm doing what i'm doing so sweet sweet well in this interview i have read the article you wrote uh but melody hasn't and so i've prepared some questions um but melody she's going to chime in if she ever thinks that we're being a little confusing or unclear or if there's like some really basic fundamental question we skip over that she's like, guys, everyone needs to know the answer to this question, um, then she's gonna help to keep us really grounded in our conversation. Perfect. So, um, so uh, basic question though, what, why is it important to engage people in our lives in spiritual conversations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, so beginning of the article, I, I started basically by just making the pitch of why people should and uh i think there's a lot of places in scripture where we see it's important to be sharing the gospel but probably the most uh compelling to me of why we should be initiating conversations is um in romans i think it's romans 13 but how how can they call on him who they've not uh heard how can they believe in him they've not heard and and um i just think there's so much value like it's very clear that the way people are going to end up calling on the Lord and believing in the Lord is through hearing, audibly hearing about him. And uh, if you just take a typical person who's not a Christian, not going to church, not um, not having really any spiritual uh, background at all, it, on a day-to-day basis, they almost never will hear, audibly hear the word of God spoken, unless mm-hmm. someone who's a Christian initiates a conversation with them. Yeah. So I think that's that's probably the most compelling why to me of why someone mm-hmm. should desire to do that with their life. Um, yeah. As you've engaged people in spiritual conversations, do you think that people like non-Christians um, think about spiritual things like more or less than the typical? Like, what was your expectation? Like, do you think people are thinking about spiritual questions or is it not even on their radar? I think... Um, 
I think people will be far more willing to engage on spiritual conversations than we think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just you, you get into conversations with people and you're shocked at the things they've been thinking about or asking. Yeah. So in some cases, yes, people have been thinking far more. And in other cases, people are like, oh, I've never even considered these things before. But you mm-hmm. tend to find that they still are open to a conversation because mm-hmm. it's like basically people for the most part have uh i've heard it said people for the most part have mind-numbingly boring conversations almost <laughs> their entire life and i think that's true like so yeah. often the conversation is uh who got traded the nba trade deadline today or who uh whatever it's just conversations What's the weather that, like yeah it's conversations that are not important in the grand scheme of things at all and so once you engage in a conversation that's real and that um you know whether or not someone believes it has ramifications that could affect someone's eternity it just uh you find that people are are usually pretty willing and open to th- at least consider and think about the things you're saying but yeah how would you define spiritual conversations because i would say spiritual is a, a buzzword right now in our culture um so how would you define that yeah that's a really good question i um i think i'd probably think of spiritual conversations probably not a super short and concise definition but probably just as any conversation that pertains to um things concerning uh either life after death or just things we can't see so like um i i you could have a spiritual conversation with someone where it's not necessarily like they're asking about the bible or things like that but it's still a spiritual conversation if it's like hey what do you think happens when you die or what do you and so i i think just probably any conversation pertaining to yeah, the, the world that we can't see, uh, the spiritual world that, that is going on around us. But Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, so here here's a question for you. What is even the point of asking people questions? Like, why not just tell people the truth? Like, just tell it like it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote this in my article, but I think... Uh, we do with campus fellowship for a lot of our students we have an evangelism training every year mm-hmm. um, and one of our pastors John Crane has done it and one of the things he he said in his evangelism training is that uh, I think I don't remember who he's quoting in the quote but basically to most people being heard is the equivalent of being loved it's like mm-hmm. just just being heard just having someone ask them a question and listening to them is so important because very few people are willing to just sit and listen to someone. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why why it's so important to be asking questions. And that's how we initiate a lot of spiritual conversations is by questions. Mm-hmm. Because for the most part, if I just go up to someone and start telling them what I believe, 99% of the time they're not going to care. Yeah. Um, but if I show that I care about them and actually care what they have to say and, and want to listen to them, usually they'll... Um, at least be open to having a conversation with me, if not really considering what, what I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. Like, what you're hitting on, like, like asking questions is a way of loving people. Mm-hmm. And so the question isn't just, like, um, to, like, navigate a, a, a discussion or a conversation into God, like, mm. you know, bait and switch, but, like, to actually engage people meaningfully. And I actually want to know what you think. Yeah. I, I think that's, like... For sure you know we we want to make sure that the motive is love and so when we ask our question yep. to bring up spiritual things like to actually want to know what they think is really important yeah i think you see that like we are commanded to share the gospel and i think you can take that command uh on an island and maybe go and take it places that maybe it wasn't initially intended to go as in 
I'm going to go out and, and start telling everyone I see that they're going to hell or whatever it is. And I want to be mindful. There maybe is a context for having that conversation with someone. Yeah. but uh, Most certainly. Yeah, but, but in addition to the command to go share the gospel, we're also commanded to love our neighbors ourselves. We're mm-hmm. also commanded to do all sorts of other things in which um, we want to be we want to be wise in, in how we go about communicating the gospel while also recognizing the importance of the message that it's the most important thing we could be doing with yeah. our lives. Yeah, that brings something else to my mind of how like loving people is so important. And there's this uh, term being thrown around today about uh, in the context of evangelism where people say you have to earn the right to be heard. Hmm. Um, and I was wondering just what do you think? Like, is that a helpful way to think about engaging in spiritual conversations? Or, or maybe even in what ways can it be helpful? Or what ways could it be detrimental to our witness? Yeah, I think, I think taken alone, I'd probably agree with that statement. But I think it could lead to uh, potential disobedience in sharing the gospel. Basically, I think it's true that uh, as we go and share truth with people, we have a responsibility to show them that we love them and care mm-hmm. about them. Yeah. And, and if, I, if I even remotely hope that someone actually comes to know God through a spiritual conversation, I'm going to need to show them or prove to them that I love them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that oftentimes can take time. So in that sense, I'd say, yeah, you, in a sense, you maybe need to earn, um, earn their willingness to, to listen to you. But in another sense... I'd say I think people can use that at times, not always, but at times as a crutch of like, oh, I'm avoiding sharing the gospel with this person mm-hmm. because uh, I don't feel like I've you know, built a relationship to that point where they could. And th- there are scenarios where that might be wise, but a lot of times uh, you, know, you, you can show someone that you love them. And even if you share the gospel with them, just continuing to love them after that, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it takes less time than maybe people think it does at times yeah so yeah and i just even thinking about it, as you were talking about it it's like um when we when we think about earning the right to be heard and it becomes an excuse to not share the gospel it's like we're basing the gospel on our own works mm. yeah and it's like no christ and his work has that is the platform from which we are Obligated to yep. share the gospel with people. Yeah, it also it also makes me think that maybe people would use that phrase. I need to earn the right to be heard, um, and it could even be referring to like I need to somehow earn or prove to myself that I'm able yeah. to share the gospel to them. And that's yeah. something that I talk about a little bit in the article too. That like um, people like we need to understand that if we've been saved, if we've heard the gospel, if we believe it. Uh, I do think it's important that we should be studying the Bible. I do think it's important that we should seek to know the scripture that we can communicate effectively and truthfully. But if you mm-hmm. know the gospel, you know enough to be able to share it. And yeah. so I think um, I think that could be kind of a crutch as well. Like I haven't earned in myself the right to be able to share the mm-hmm. gospel. I think that's that's just not true either. Mm-hmm. Well, what have you found, you know, thinking, thinking about as we share the gospel? Like what have you found that sharing the gospel does to us? Um, and even just thinking about college students that you're around, like what differences do you see between the students who do share the gospel and those who don't? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think from, from what I've seen, communicating the truth of the gospel, telling people, uh, telling people about the glory of what Jesus has done for them on the cross, 
and and like earnestly asking them to consider and repent and believe uh, because of what Jesus has done on the cross. That in people, as they're sharing that, it sparks a greater love for Jesus. Like I, I don't know hardly anything else besides maybe reading the Bible that can do that. That people, as you're trying to compel someone to follow Christ themselves, you just begin to feel more and more assured yourself that this is worth my life. And we've seen that. We do a mission trip every year with Campus Fellowship. And I think so many examples of people that go on a mission trip, they spend a week trying to communicate truth to the gospel, and they come back saying, I am more assured that this is true than I've ever been in my mm-hmm. life after communicating it. So I think I see that with people just sharing for the first time. And you also see it in students who make a regular practice of doing it just in their lives. Um, you know, I think there's direct correlation between the students who share the gospel often and the students who, who have a genuine, deep love and passion for, for Christ and for what he's done for them. Yeah. Um, now, what, what comes first, chicken or the egg on that? I don't know. They probably, <laughs> probably come simultaneously, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree fully. Like, sharing the gospel, I found, ministers to myself. Oh, for sure. Um, as it ministers to the person I'm sharing with. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I think there's been times when I shared the gospel where I'm like, this conversation is way more about God reminding my heart what's true. Than, Absolutely. You know, maybe, maybe that's, maybe I don't, I have the wrong perspective. In, in, but, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, well, Trey, if... A freshman or or just anyone on on college campus um, wanted to share the gospel, but they're like, I've never done this in my entire life. I I kind I know what the gospel is, but I've never done that. Like, open my mouth. Um, how would you recommend that they start? Yeah. Uh, is it like a Nike? Just do it. <laughs> honestly, to some degree, I'd say yes on that. I think. There is wisdom in, in thinking through and seeking counsel from people who either are discipling you or are pouring into you and saying, hey, you know, how, how could I go about having this conversation with someone and, and having someone really walk you through what that conversation could look like? Maybe even bringing someone with you to do it. But in general, I think I would just say just do it. Like you, um, you know people that are not believers you do mm-hmm. whether it's family members or whether it's friends and classes or roommates or whatever you know people who are not believers and it could be as simple as just hey what do you think about me going to this church that i'm going to and this college ministry that i'm going to you know have you ever thought about something like that and, and using that to lead into like well do you think this could be true what i'm looking at you know it, yeah. it, it could be very easy very low bar entry into a conversation but um yeah. The way to practice, the way to do it is to, like, jumping into a cold lake, you kind of just got to jump off the dock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and I think in that, it's, it's good to remember that uh, how they respond, if they don't want to have the conversation, like, that's fine. For sure. It, the win is I opened my mouth, I asked the question, I opened the door. And if they wanted to close the door, it's like, well, I was faithful to the Lord to... Um, to bring it up for sure know. and don't and don't at that point say well now I'm cutting off this friendship I have no hope of ever you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like be friends with it like love the person let them know that you care about them far more than one conversation yeah uh, and who knows what the Lord will do long term yeah I've yeah. heard it takes people seven times hearing the gospel before uh, on average before people turn to Christ so <laughs> it's not just a one and done yeah yeah sweet well um 
Thank you so much, Trey, for joining us. Listeners, if you found this conversation conversation stimulating for your faith, uh, please check out the whole article. The link is in the show notes. And there you'll find the questions that Trey has suggested that you use to open up some of these conversations. There's probably tons of them out there, uh, but those are the four that he found most helpful. So thank you for joining us. No problem.